This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And I bumped into one of the VIPs here just happens to be the biggest news name in sports right now that's Aaron Rodgers we've heard of the story of Green Bay and what's going on with Aaron he's here with his fiance Shalane Woodley here this weekend he didn't want to talk on camera I can tell you I characterize Aaron as disappointed that news has come out of this rift uh, with the Packers he expressed a couple of times how much he loves Green Bay loves the fans loves the franchise there is a fissure there is a chasm between management and the reigning NFL MVP We're just not sure how this is going to play out. I'll watch closely over the next couple of weeks to see what we hear from the Packers side and when Aaron does speak. Interesting times ahead for sure in the National Football League this week. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Always interesting times in the National Football League. Joe Ostrowski, Chris Ranji here on BetQL Daily. And Ranji, I I used to... uh, go to Vegas every single year, but it's been a few years. And when it's a few years without visiting Sin City, when you do go back, it's like everything has changed because they're just building stuff and uh, new stuff going up. I haven't checked out the biggest sports book they have out there, Circus Sports. So I wanted to ask uh, Eric Eager how his trip was. And he joins us here on BetQL Daily at Eric Eager on Twitter. Um, I'm sorry. No, that's incorrect. It's at PFF underscore Eric. I knew that was wrong. Close uh, enough. VP, VP, well, Eli, yeah. uh, VP of research and development over at Pro Football Focus. He co-hosts one of my favorites, the PFF forecast. So, Eric, tell us uh, about your trip. How was it? And which sports books? Uh, I know you're going to mention Circa, but also in addition to Circa, do I need to visit next time I make it out west? Joe, I, the only thing I'm disappointed about, I, I have to say, Mm. I bet on two FCS games. They, the team I bet on was up 24-3 in both games, and I ended up with a split. That, that to me, I'm, a th- I'm thinking is a bad, a bad experience. But, no, it was, it was a great time. Um, I, I got to go to the Circa, the stadium swim. And as you said, I hadn't been to Vegas since really before the pandemic, and they hadn't had it yet. It was amazing. You could play blackjack outside. You could watch sports. I'm not really a huge baseball fan anymore, but we did get to watch some basketball um, you know, you, you can place bets outside next to the pool. Uh, you know, I, it was it was truly uh, uh, fantastic. Uh, I got a Matt Ryan seventy five to one to win the MVP. Uh, I think I got that at William Hill, so that was that was enjoyable as well. And uh, I made it back to my hotel every single night, so I don't I don't think <laughs> I, I, I have any complaints. Wow! Still, he's seventy five to one. I thought that was completely gone. And that's what, and me too. Like, think about this, Joe. I, yeah, it's like 33 to one on DraftKings. It's like 40 to one in some other places. I go down and I was at, I stayed at the uh, Cosmopolitan and there's, I believe William Hill was the, the sports book downstairs. And I went to grab, you know, the sheet of paper that has them all. I went up to my room, whatever. And I'm like 75 to one, this is absurd. And I also saw the Jaguars at 12 to one to win the South. 
And I'm like, okay, I'm, I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta go. And I, I make a, a pact that if I bet something, it has to be to win enough to come back to make me have to come back if I win, right? So, yeah. you know, and Matt Ryan clearly, you know, you put a, you know, fifty bucks or something on that, it's it's a big payout if you win. And for the Jags, I was prepared to bet a lot on twelve to one, and they're like, no, we moved the number to nine. And I'm like, you moved this mm-hmm. number to nine, but you didn't move the Matt Ryan number, which is way <laughs> more absurd. To to like, I was just like, okay, fine, whatever, I'll bet FCS today. And uh, so, so the only one I got was uh, the Ryan one, um, which to me seems absurd. The idea that he, in that division, he would be anything more than, let's say, 30 to one or something is mind-boggling to me. So the only team that is right now, if I'm looking at this correctly, um, the only team that's not currently on the board is the Packers. You know, the, the team that we um, sort of started off talking or at least led the segment with it. And we don't know where Aaron Rodgers is going to go, but maybe you do. Do you think he'll end up back in Green Bay? I, I've been, and I might be a little contrarian here. I don't think he returns to Green Bay, but I don't necessarily believe. I, I think, obviously, the Denver draft did look like they were like, hey, let's let's get some assets that we can eventually trade for Rodgers. Like, tra- drafting Sertan when they already have a ton of corners, you know, uh, Javante Williams and they already have a bunch, you know, some running backs, et cetera, et cetera. Like struck me as a let's load up here in the event that we can get Rodgers. I think Rodgers has a better than puncher's chance of like just retiring. Like, I, you know, uh, and Joe will probably appreciate this being, you know, a Chicago guy, but like living 15 years in green Bay when you're a Northern California guy and like, you know, basically never saying a bad word about that city when there's plenty to say about that city and and like just being good sports all the time, playing behind far for three years, and then they draft your replacement. You become the MVP, and you have I would say reasonable demands, and they basically thwart all of them. Like I wouldn't go back to Green Bay either. Like I, it makes a lot of sense to me, but at the same time, like Green Bay doesn't have that much of an incentive to trade him because a quarter like they're eating a lot of dead money. There's probably not going to be a draft pick compensation that they're going to be happy with. If they weren't happy with what the Niners offered on draft night, they're not going to be happy with anything, right? So I end up thinking that it's going to be a standoff between the two entities. And Rogers, a guy who I think has some eclectic interests, will probably just retire and, and ride off into the sunset. And I think he'll be viewed, I think, by most reasonable sports fans as the right side of that disagreement. Yes, reasonable sports fans, because it sounds like the Packers fan base is with Team Gutekunst, which I just can't fathom. I don't understand that at all. Is that wild? Do you get that sense, Eric, or is that just the vocal minority? Well, the, the subset of Packers fans is is a really selective group. I'll say that. Like You're talking about like his predecessor was 100% football right and you know he was certainly something off the field but 100 percent football uh visually right like he loved the game he loved green bay he, he would play through injuries all that kind of stuff he, he when you hold up rogers personality who again is somebody who's kind of reclusive you know uh you know i think you know, kind of, you know, East, you know, or West coast, you know, in, in a Midwest town that might think that's a little bit, um, I don't know, elitist or whatever. Like there's, there's tons of reasons why the fan base, even if they love the way he is as a, as a player would sort of like side with the team 
I, I, I don't think it's reasonable in any way, shape, or form, but I can see why it happens, and I can see, like, I mean, we, you see there anytime there's a CBA or something where the, the fans almost always take the side of the owners or ownership over the players. They view the players as greedy, even though the players are making an order of magnitude less money than the owners. And, and, and I think that's just another example here. But I think it's exacerbated by the fact that Rodgers has, and I don't think, I don't think he's done it in a, in a mean or derogatory way, but he's sort of thumbed his nose at this idea that he's just a football player just for Green Bay. He's certainly gone out and had success doing other things because he's a really bright guy with a lot of great interests. And I, and I think that for a, for a town which, like, a, a huge fraction of the revenue is football, their entire life is football, for somebody who doesn't exude that the way that Brett Favre did, I do think that they have some negative feelings towards that, even if they don't outwardly say that. If Aaron Rodgers is not a member of the Packers, who is the favorite in the NFC North? It's a great it's a great question i i have bets both on uh the vikings at four to one and the bears at plus 550 those are clearly gone at this point but um you know the vikings are plus 250 now the bears are plus 350 on uh, DraftKings. i mean i i would almost go with the bears and and here's why i think I think the Vikings are, are going to be a desperate team this year that's going to do desperate things and that can be a good thing for sure um but in a in a division where I think nine or ten wins gets you on the green to win the division, I don't see that being the best approach. But you look at Minnesota, they're in many ways like their their front office, their head coach and quarterback and and GM have less runway now than the Bears, which I think is strange to say because that was always seemed to be flipped. But the Bears in getting a quarterback with the eleventh pick and getting a good one, I would say, I mean, probably the second or third best one in the draft. They give themselves a little runway. I mean, you look, Nagy's eight games over 500 the last three years. That's better than what Minnesota's done. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he was the head coach when Kansas City stuck their neck out and took Mahomes. And in that transition year of 2017, Nagy was the offensive coordinator. So there is some experience you're dealing with young quarterbacks. There's some experience getting the best out of what I would say would be bad quarterback play in Trubisky and Foles. You like, we're, we we take a step back. We look and we're like Minnesota always views. We always view Minnesota promisingly, but like the Bears had a terrible season last year, the six game losing streak, and still made the playoffs over the Vikings, uh, including a win at US Bank Stadium in the, in December. So uh, I like Chicago at three and a half. You know, Detroit. Detroit's kind of like a you know, twenty to one. Like I don't think they're going to win it. If 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 you don't think Rogers going back, it might even be advisable just to take. Vikings at plus 250 and Chicago plus 350 as sort of, you know, a Dutch play to kind of like, you know, because there's not going to be that fourth team in Detroit that's going to sneak up on everybody and win the division and have you lose all the bets. This is BetQL Daily with Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. I want to get to some of your favorite win totals here, but uh, let's, let's flip it a little bit. And I guess these are teams that many believe, I think you do as well, that uh, are primed to have under seasons. And I haven't seen it available yet, but uh, we have so many offerings now. Uh, you can bet on teams to finish in last place. <laughs> so I, I'm wondering, do you think the Saints or the Steelers are more likely to finish in last place in their divisions? That's a great one. I, I think they're both good fades. Um, the Bengals scare me because of their coach, but I do think that they're getting a great deal of uh, of talent into that building. I think it's the Saints, though. I think with Jameis, 
Like with a bet like that, that's a perfect Jameis bet, right? Because you essentially Jameis, you're not you're not finishing eight and nine with Jameis, right? Like on that team with only one good wide receiver, like either Jameis and Michael Thomas are going to, you know, Michael Thomas is going to catch 200 balls, Jameis is going to lead the league in passing, and they're going to win 10 games, or it's going to be a tire fire, like almost immediately. And we're talking about 30 interceptions again. And, you know, uh, a defense that falls off. I think the defense carried the Saints last year. Uh, defense, when defenses carry teams, uh, you know, that generally regresses from one year to the next. So uh, I like the Saints there. I think Carolina is not going to be very, they're not going to be amazing, but I think Sam Darnold's going to surprise some people under Joe Brady. I think they're going to get in that seven, eight win range. Um, and, and I like the Falcons a lot. The Falcons over seven and a half is my favorite win total. Uh, of the entire off season. And I don't think Tampa's going anywhere. So I think give me the saints to, to finish, uh, you know, in last place as a, as a better bet than the Steelers. How much did the Browns draft? And most people think it was really good what they did. So sort of a consensus, um, one of the favorite drafts of, of this month or last month, how much did that move the needle for you when it comes to the Cleveland Browns? I, not much. I mean, Drafts don't move these totals very much, eh, other than say the Bears and you know teams that that go for quarterback when they're not expected to. But you know what the draft did for me is a confirmation of what we all think of Cleveland, which is a is a very intelligent franchise that is picking up dollar bills on the side of the street about as good as their divisional counterparts, the Baltimore Ravens. Like I had a big opinion of them going in. I mean, they went out and got guys like Troy Hill. They went out and got guys like John Johnson. Um, you know, they, they fortified, you know, some of the things that they were weaker in last season or that injuries that Grant Delphic from LSU comes back after a season on IR. Um, you know, they get Jadavion Clowney, who is like, I think going to have a great year finally, um, playing opposite Miles Garrett. And then on the offensive side of the ball, they get Odell back. Right. And so all of that stuff to me moves the needle way more than their draft, but their draft showed me, you know, Jeremiah Usakoamora, um, you know, they, 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 they went ahead and got uh, Greg Newsom, which I thought was a great pick as well. Like they, they did the right things in the draft too. Um, you know, even the trade up that they did, I believe they got more value than the team that they trade that traded back, which is almost never the case. So there, it, to me, the, the draft was sort of more of a fortification of my feelings towards the Browns than anything that really moved the needle there, because they still do have a tough haul. You know, Steelers aren't going to be very good, but they're going to be pesky. And, you know, Baltimore is a great football team. Um, you know, they have Kansas City on their schedule. So it's not going to be like, you know, all puppies and hugs there for Cleveland. But it is a franchise that is unequivocally moving in the right direction. Eric, we've got about a minute left. You mentioned Atlanta over seven and a half is your favorite win total. Any others you want to mention? Um, this is one that's trending, but I like Tennessee to miss the playoffs or under nine. Um, I think that they're both like in that plus money range. Um, that's a team. I think this defense is not going to be good enough. And on offense, there's just too much that they've lost with Davis and Arthur Smith and uh, Dennis Kelly and John o. Smith. Like, I think even though that division's terrible, I think Tennessee's going to fall off a little bit this year. Very good. Okay. Atlanta over Tennessee under a lot of different betting angles there. Good on you with that, Matt Ryan. I don't know if it's going to hit, but that's a, that's a great grab for you before the season gets rolling. Eric Eager at PFF underscore Eric, Pro Football Focus, VP of Research and Development. Thank you, Eric. Recover well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. Uh, good stuff there from Eric Eager. Yeah, I want to dive into some of these win totals. 
Man, it is such a weird space to be. I am po a positive bears observer. I don't know if I'm a fan anymore after being in the media so long, but I'm a very positive bears observer. And what he said about the bears to win the NFC North makes a lot of sense. And I don't understand why they're the third favorite right now. We'll talk about that on the other side, bunch of uh, NFL betting angles right now in the middle of May. It's the best time to do it. This is BetQL Daily. Joe Ostrowski, Chris Raji. Keep it locked into the BetQL audio network.